Back here on Radio Row, the site of Super Bowl 47, New Orleans Convention Center. Darren McFarland here at our 1025 The Game table. All of our coverage this week brought to you by Low T Center and Brentwood inside Maryland Farms and Freeland Chevy Business Elite Sales. Now at our table, Hall of Famer. I love saying that word, and you probably love hearing that word. Mike Haynes, who was... Uh, obviously a standout at the NFL level. I remember your days with the Raiders and the Patriots. He's now at our table. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Darren. So what was that experience like? Let's start with Canton because uh, I've been there. Uh, we, I remember when the Titans, when uh, Mike Munchak and Bruce Matthews and those guys were inducted into the Hall of Fame, they played uh, the game there against the Bills. And What was that whole experience like? Well, if you've, uh, I'm glad you've been there. Hopefully you had a chance to walk through the museum. Um, the best way to go through it, because a lot of people just walk through it and they look at history and everything, the best way is to go through as a fan for your area, your team. Like, say, what is your team? The Texans? Titans. Titans? Um, that's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> they used to be in Houston. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you remember the Oilers. <laughs> yep, uh, I remember. Um, but anyway, if you go through and you, you meet someone there at the Hall of Fame and say, hey, I... I want to know about the, my team, the Titans. And so they go through and they start with the history of the Titans. They can tell you what the country was like in that time, what, the, what was going around in the world, um, and, you know, make it special for you. Talk about your stadium, your great players. And that's what I think is a lot of fun. Um, the NFL does a great job of, of bringing their young players back there now to try and give them a, a perspective on football because a lot of these young guys have no idea what happened back in the 70s and 80s and even the 90s, and so this is one way to help, uh, you know, help their education. Hopefully, you make a difference in the way um, they play the game, they respect the game, and, and some of the decisions they make off the field. That secondary, and you were obviously a big part of it, was an unbelievable secondary with you and Hayes and everything. I mean, you guys did a lot of winning. Are you amazed at today's wide receivers? Can you imagine um, covering all these guys like Calvin Johnson? Seems like everybody's six imagine. five. But, but, you know, 6'5 and run a 4'3. Come on. I, I mean, I can't. But, you know, then the, the world record holder, uh, Usain Bolt, is like 6'6. Six, six and, you know, I guess he runs a 4'2 or 1 or something. Um, it's it's un, unbelievable. But I think it's great for sports. It's great for the game um, that, you know, you guys are continuing to get bigger and faster and stronger. That was that probably the one guy that I don't know how I would cover, you know. Um, there, you know, Randy Moss, another one. All these guys, there's a lot of. Guys, the guy at the, uh, the Titans, um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Kenny Britt. Uh, Kenny Britt. You know, He's a big guy. All, yeah, and so how do you cover big guys like that? I don't know. So I'd, I'd like to think that I would do a good job. I'd like to think that I'd, I'd have what it takes to do, uh, to do it. Um, but you never know. So that's why you play the game. Were you there when the whole, with the whole Los Angeles, Oakland, the, the moving back and forth? And, and that is the topic. I mean, it seems like it's been a topic now for a while. When do you think the city of Los Angeles is going to get an NFL team, or do you think that they'll eventually get one? I do think that they'll eventually get one. When, I have no idea. I'm really surprised that they don't Why have one. Why is it one. taking so long? Uh, one, they don't have a stadium that, right. you know, that is up to the standards of today's NFL stadiums. Um, the luxury boxes, the suites, I should say, and the uh, the locker rooms and, you know, the even the field, the, the, the experience on the field, is not up to date at the Coliseum. So they have to do something, build a new site. And there's been um, a lot of concern that the fans, uh, the, the people in the city of L.A. don't want their taxes to go up. They don't want all this stuff um, that comes along with the team if it's going to be negative for them. And so 
Um, don't know what's going to happen. I mean, the, the let's see, um, AEG, they talked about building uh, a team right down at the convention center. I like that as a good place. I think it's close and there's ways to do it, but they won't have tailgating. And so, as everybody knows, that's, kind of a problem. that's a huge <laughs> problem, huge problem. So, um, so I don't really know. I, I'm sure it'll get rectified here um, soon, but I've been saying that for five years, and it hasn't happened yet. What were your dealings with Al Davis like? I had great relationship with Al Davis. Um, you know, he helped me come to the, to the, to the Raiders, and actually um, that's when they were in Los Angeles. So, for me, it was going home. Um, Back in those days, people, your fan, your viewing audience may, may not know this or remember this. Um, <clears throat> when you played out your contract, it didn't mean that you could go to another team. So I played out my contract. I played out my option. And so I couldn't come to terms with, with the Patriots. And that meant I just, I'm out of football. And so um, the, the Raiders had been talking to the Patriots. They believed they had a deal with the Patriots. Um, and so even though the trading deadline had, had passed, uh, and the Patriots said they didn't have a deal. The Raiders said they did have a deal. That was enough for me. I jumped on an airplane, flew out, signed a contract with the Raiders. Well, that was a violation of the collective bargaining agreement. And so um, the NFL said, hey, we're not going to honor the contract. So then I sued the National Football League to try and get a, 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 the courts to decide on it. So I we went to court. The judge um, wanted to hear the case. And um, him wanting to hear the case was enough for me to win the, the case. Um, we walked out of the courtroom, and both sides shook hands and said, you know, Mike, you can become a Raider, uh, and we'll work out the draft choices later. So, um, so technically, I guess I'm the first free agent, but not the way that is typically done. Um, and I'm glad to see that. I wish I was playing this era. You know, if you if you played in uh, you know six straight Pro Bowls, you would th like to think that you'd have a pretty good marketability. Yeah, especially uh, at the position you played. Right. Because those guys get the big bucks. Well, they get the big challenges, too. I mean, you, right. you get them because you've earned it. And, um, and you know, so a lot of my career uh, was um, uh, saw a change in prices for, for defensive backs. When I first came in the league in 1976. The only position that made less money than defensive backs were punters and kickers. And defensive backs has always been one of the toughest positions to play, quarterback and defensive back. But the uh, salary, that didn't, it wasn't reflected in the salary. So every year I had to hold out and say, look, I don't, it doesn't say anything in my contract that I play defensive back. It says National Football League player. That's what they all say. <laughs> and, uh, and so I want to get paid what the good defensive players get. So as a result of that uh, kind of attitude, um, I, had, I had issues every time my contract was up. And uh, eventually we got it right. Mike Haynes here at our table. And... When you think about what we're talking about in today's game, the, the, the sport, uh, violence, safety, all that concerning, all-encompassing of the players, so what are your thoughts? Because obviously it was different when you played. Well, I'm glad that there's a lot of focus on safety. I have two young kids that are playing football. My son, 13, is a quarterback, and my son, 9, who right now is a running back, who I'm trying to get to play quarterback. <laughs> you know? uh, but the um, I think... Everybody knows that there's some danger associated with football. There's probably some danger associated with every sport. Um, and a lot of guys were saying, hey, I knew that this game was dangerous when I played it, so this is ridiculous what they're doing. My feeling is I really didn't know exactly what the danger was. I think everybody knows it's dangerous. It's still dangerous and always going to be dangerous. But what they're learning now about concussions, what they're learning now about other injuries that we played with, um, you know, maybe the there'd be other decisions, but I think, still think I'd play, play the game. I know now that if you get a concussion, 
what a concussion looks like. I didn't know then. I thought if, if you were knocked out or you saw stars or whatever, a headache is a symptom of a concussion. There's a lot of different things that you need to know about those kinds of things because getting a concussion itself is not a bad thing. It's getting another one while you're concussed. That's the danger. So in the old days when guys were getting knocked out on the field, going out for one play and then coming back in, that's unheard of. You can't do that. Um, and, you know, when guys were knocked dingy and couldn't tell you the day of the week and they would still try to get back in there, you can't do that. Now, I've talked to even guys today that are saying, oh, Mike, you know, if I were playing the day, I would get back in there because I wouldn't want to lose my starting job. And I'd say, well, I understand that feeling, understand that thinking behind you, behind that type of thing. But his wife would say, honey, I want to have a good life with you when your football career is over. We're only in our 20s right now. You know, when we're in our 50s, I want you to know who I am. I want you to know who our kids are. I want you to have a nice life. I don't think I'd support that decision, honey. Do you still want to do it? Honey, I don't care what you I'm going to go do. No, I don't think so. I think guys are going to say, you know what? You're right. I love this game. Uh, I'll just wait till my brain is healed, and I'll get back in and do what I do. And so I think that's the, the right approach, and I think that the more we're learning, the better decisions we can make when those kind of things come up. And this concussion issue is one that, um, everybody's concerned about. I'm glad that the NFL is taking the stance that it's taking, but I want that to trickle down to youth football, you know, um, because a lot of these kids may have a lot of concussions um, that they never make it to the National Football League. So our job really is to try to educate parents and coaches and other young football players of what some of the symptoms of a concussion are so they can get off the field if they think they have one. And one uh, last thing, I know you're talking about know your stats, but it's not yeah. what you think. Right. Well, I know your stats. It's, uh, folks, uh, I was uh, diagnosed with prostate cancer um, in 2008, and I found out by total accident, just totally lucky. And uh, I, I'm the spokesperson for this campaign because I don't want other men to have to be lucky to, and, and, and the way they find out. Um, uh, the Know Your Stats campaign is about men knowing their PSA number and starting to have a conversation with their doctor because prostate cancer is a cancer that you can beat. Um, you just have to know that you have it, catch it early. When it's, if you catch it early, it's uh, almost 100% treatable. But if you catch it later, it's a different fight. So one in six men are going to be diagnosed with, with prostate cancer, and one in eight women are going to be diagnosed with breast cancer. More men are going to get prostate cancer than women are going to get breast cancer. But most men can't tell you where the prostate is, what the prostate does, or what any of the symptoms are. And we need to try and change that and normalize the discussion um, so that uh, most men are going to have the, the luck that I had by, you know, finding out early. It's a good message. I'm glad you're putting this out yeah, there. thank you. And Dan. you were a treat to watch. Thank you. In your playing that. days. And I'm glad that uh, you're in the hall and, and you're rewarded for your play on the field. Thanks. So if, if, you, if anybody has any questions about prostate cancer, you can feel my passion. Yes. You go to knowyourstats.org, and uh, you know, we're asking uh, folks to go there to, to try and help us with our campaign. You just heard it from Mike Haynes, knowyourstats.org. We appreciate him stopping by our table. We'll take a break, and we'll be back.